Welcome to our Painesville Assembly of God podcast. Our desire is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If this message touches your heart, we'd love to hear about it. Email us at info at or visit PainesvilleAG.com. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to your faith. You are my friends. The rest of you don't know what real rock and roll is all about. That song is called Winds of Change Up by the Scorpions. Um, really just a way to grab our attention to what I want to talk to us about today. Uh, we are in a time of change. My wife and I were driving around yesterday and we went to uh, one of the big plant stores, Petiti. How do you say it? P- Petiti? Okay. Wow, I'm learning from first service to second service. It only took me an hour and 45 minutes. But we were there yesterday and we noticed that uh, they are changing some of the product that they're selling. So they've got some pumpkins and some corn stalks out there now. How many of you fall is your favorite season? Some of you are like, yeah, but it's the impending winter that's coming that I'm not a fan of. So we're sad to see summer go, although the leaves are pretty. It's a change in season. And this happens in our world at least four times a year. But for us personally, change happens as well. Change is one of those inevitable things that takes place in the life of every person. And many times we know change, it comes in as somewhat of an unwelcomed guest. And other times it is like a welcomed friend. It's subjective in that way. However, there does seem to be some general cycles that we experience during change. Because when it comes to change, we're faced with some choices. Now, how many of you like choices? My favorite kind of test to ever take was the one where they give you the different choices. A, B, C, D. If you're anything like me and you didn't know what the answer was for certain, I always went for the one that said other. I sort of think that it was always a trick question, the ones I didn't know. So maybe it's other. But change creates a situation in which we are faced with choices. And today I want to look at three areas regarding change and what God says about change and the focus of change. Anytime that there's a change that's taking place, there is a focus. There's something that's needing to happen. When fall comes, it's because there's a cycle that God has given creation that it must go through in order to get back to spring again. And while there's that impending winter that happens, if it weren't for that, the earth would not necessarily be replenished. The soil needs a break. So there is a focus to the change that happens in our lives and in the world that we live in. Yesterday, as I mentioned, Jen and I, we were, we were driving around. And we went to an Italian deli that you guys have here. We'd never been to it before. We're kind of one of those uh, couples that we try to find the obscure places, kind of local places. And uh, so we wound up at this Italian deli and we did the responsible thing. We, we blew our calorie count completely out of the water. And I had what they call a Midtown Reuben sandwich and, and I had the French fries because it didn't make sense to have a salad. I mean, I'm already, I'm already there. And of course, after you're done, the waitress in hesitation brings you the bill 
And they always have this last question for you. Have you been thinking about dessert? How many of you like that question? How many of you dread that question? It's, it's a choice, right? It's a choice that now we have to make. And before you mentioned it, it never even crossed my mind. Which is a lie because you were thinking about what you were going to have for dessert when you walked into the place. Especially if you're talking about an Italian deli. And they show you in the glass case before you walk to your seat the amazing cheesecake and the flaky pastries. And some of you guys are like, is it noon yet? I bring that up because change has been talked about this way, that change is inevitable, but growth is optional. Now, when we chose to have cheesecake, don't judge me now, there was growth happening. You know what I'm talking about. And not growth in the area that we were really excited about. I do think that there's a special place on a street in heaven for the guy who invented pants with elastics in them. I wasn't this way up until a couple of years ago. But sweatpants are an amazing invention. Come on, man. Don't shout me down. Some of you are thinking, I can't wait till they say it's okay to wear sweatpants to work. Relaxing Friday, casual Friday. Come on, can we just get honest? Some of you weren't ready for me today. But change is personal no matter how big or how small it, it is. It touches our faith. It touches our resolve. It, it touches the things that we feel purposed to do. And it messes with our peace. Change is sometimes a wanted thing and sometimes it's not wanted at all. Today I want to talk to you from this thought right here. That change happens in the life of every person, every situation, and every circumstance is subject to change. In the light of that reality, we must face change with this central truth in mind, that change is inevitable. I want you to say that with me. If it's the only thing that we get comfortable with today, that change, say it with me, is inevitable. There are changes that you're the boss of, and then there's many other changes that you and I, we are not in charge of. And if we're honest, it's those changes that we're not so sure how comfortable we are or how necessary those changes were. It was fine. I liked it the way that it was. Every time you get a new cell phone, you're saying that. It was fine the way that it was. Every time they come out with a new update on something, it was fine the way that it was. None of this is in the Bible, but it's true. This is how we sometimes feel. Change is inevitable. And while it often blows in more like a gale wind rather than a gentle breeze, we still have a choice to make. And as I mentioned, John Maxwell says it this way, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. That may mean for you today that while change is not something you're in charge of, your response absolutely is. Your response is something you have control over. Growth is optional. How many of you like to grow? When it comes to your feeling of competency, when it comes to your financial means, when it comes to many things in life, growth is something I want to embrace. Other times, I'm not looking to grow. We're going to be all over the scriptures today. We'll be in Genesis all the way to the book of Philippians. But there is a season that connects with me very much as I think about the winds of change. 
Some of you may be remembering this as well, but Hurricane Charlie was the first of four individual hurricanes to impact the state of Florida during 2004. It was the third named storm, the second hurricane, and the second major hurricane in the Atlantic hurricane season. Charlie lasted from August 9th to the 15th, and it, at its peak intensity, it reached over 150 mile an hour winds, making it a strong category four hurricane. It made landfall in southwest Florida at a maximum strength, making it the strongest hurricane to hit the United States since Hurricane Andrew in 19. 92. It was the strongest hurricane to hit southwest Florida in recorded history. And after moving slowly through the Caribbean Sea, Charlie crossed Cuba, causing heavy damage and four deaths. The same day, it crossed over the dry Tortugas, just 22 hours after Tropical Storm Bonnie had struck northwest Florida. It was the first time in history that two tropical cyclones struck the same state in a 24-hour period. Hurricane Charlie struck the northern tip of Captiva Island and the southern tip of North Captiva before crossing over Boquilla, causing severe damage. Charlie made landfall on the peninsula in Panagorda. It continued along the Peace River Corridor, devastating parts of Fort Myers, Panagorda, Port Charlotte, Cleveland, Fort Ogden, Nocatee, Arcadia, Zolfo Springs, Sebring, and Wachula. And many communities were isolated for days as large trees, power poles, power lines, transformers, and debris filled the streets. And in several small cities, buildings actually collapsed in onto their main streets. This particular hurricane season, as I mentioned, hit really close to home to Jennifer and I. We were living in North Fort Myers at the time, just a few miles from Punta Gorda, where the storm made its major impact we stayed at many different people's homes during an eight-day period because our home had no electricity so when I think about Hurricane Charlie and the wind and the rain and the things that happened as a result of it it affects me differently our next-door neighbor we watched their roof peel off and fly off into nowhere we watched the reaction of the young family return to that home only to know that hours of rain had been filling that house. Their life was arbitrarily changed by a storm. I bring up this particular time in history because I think there's No other time in history, speaking of wind and rain and change, that hits even more powerfully than the one in the book of Genesis with a man by the name of Noah. And it's interesting because how we get introduced to Noah back in Genesis chapter 5, verse 28, it simply says, when Lamech had lived 182 years, he fathered a son and called his name Noah, saying, Out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. And while we're not going to focus on that aspect of Noah's life as much, I find it interesting that how he is introduced to us is in a perspective of relief. But many of us understand and know Noah in a different circumstance. He is one that God used to bring a change that was not necessarily a feeling of relief. We're talking about the great flood. That scripture accounts for us, Genesis chapter 6 through 8. But this historic storm... literally changes everything for mankind. And much like Hurricane Charlie, it changed many things for Jennifer and I. It was the marker when we look back on our life, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to where we were actually living geographically. 
Winds of change come. They blow in. When it comes to winds of change, as I mentioned, there's perhaps no greater event than the one we read about in Genesis chapter 6 through 8. This is where the Lord looks at the state of mankind in total regret. Now I know as we look at ourselves in the mirror, there may be some regretful things that we, we see. But for God to have looked at mankind in total regret, we're like, wait a second. That's different than the God we think about a lot, isn't it? But this is what the book tells us. It tells us that he's grieved and then he's sorry that he ever created them and desires to wipe them off the face of the earth. Try that for a gospel presentation. Some of us have and it hasn't been very effective, but... But this is the context that we catch up with Noah. It seems pretty rough. I mean, the God of love actually had a moment in time where he's talking to one of his followers and he's like, I'm done. If you're a parent today, you empathize with God the Father. You sometimes look at your own and you're like, I'm, that's the final straw. Teenagers, when you hear those two words, you know something's coming. I'm done. Maybe those arguments that, you know, husband and wives, they don't really argue. They just, they work things out differently from one another. But you've maybe said those where I'm, I'm done. I get a sense this is a little bit the way that God is expressing himself when he's talking. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Talk about a major change. Back in Genesis chapter 1, he's talking about the same people. He's talking about man and woman. He's talking about his creation. And what does he say? It's good. Matter of fact, as I look at you, Adam and Eve, you're very good. This is a change. He's looking at the circumstances. He's looking at what man has brought themselves to. And he's like, nope. This is not the very good that I intended. So what can this circumstance, this, this idea of the winds of change and Noah's story tell us about change? First of all, I believe that when it comes to change, there's a couple of things that we need to accept. It's either because God allows it, number one. Number two, it's necessary. Or thirdly, God desires it. Not one of those three as human beings are we 100% comfortable with. I mean, let's be honest. This conversation that God has with Noah, we will learn, is extremely arbitrary. We're not fans of arbitrary change in our life. When you go to the doctor and he says, you're going to have to change some things about the way that you're eating. I'm not sure if you're like me, but I feel like I need a new doctor in that moment. change more often than not it's an it's an arbitrary thing it's something that comes to us and so our response being the only thing that we can truly control it's got to be something that we look further into we lean further into and the problem with change is that it usually feels pretty subjective I want you to think about the last time you were going to snuggle in for a nice night of me time. Maybe you're like me, you're a popcorn kind of guy, 
girl. And you grab the remote. And you've got the show picked out in your mind. And you're like, yep. Time to relax. And then from the upstairs or from the other room, you hear that small, still voice, which is not always just the Holy Spirit in your home. Sounds a little bit more like a lady friend that you're very close with. Hopefully it's your wife. And you know that that whole plan is about to change. Your favorite spot on the couch is going to be cold. How about when somebody changes lanes on you? How many of you are aggressive drivers? I'm not an aggressive driver anymore. I bought a car that goes faster than most, so I just go. But, but we've got our lane picked. We're heading in the direction that we want to go. We've got our speed locked in. We've got the distance thing worked out. We've got our favorite worship music playing. Oh my gosh, I love this song. Pretty sure they wrote it for me in this moment that I'm in in my life right now. Actually, they wrote it for God, but you can be included. It's somebody doesn't ease over in front. They just kind of, they're there now. They change lanes on you. I'm not sure what your response generally is, but I would have to repent and say that I don't respond the way that I would be proud of many times. How about this? Many of you can relate. How about when the Apple ID password gets changed? And you're like, hold the phone. He just... I knew I came here for a reason today. Many of us don't even remember the password that we set 14 years ago. And what's our general reaction? I can't believe they make it so hard. All of my financial and all my personal information is tied to it, but whatever. <laughs> That's a tough one in my house. We don't like it when the Apple ID password gets changed. But think about Noah here. You talk about his Apple ID password getting changed. His whole world is changing in one conversation. Genesis chapter 6, verse 12 through 15. It says, And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch this is how you are to make it the length of the ark will be 300 cubits its breadth 50 cubits and its height 30 some of you young people are thinking man this sounds exactly like the last time my parents told me to do my chores the last time they asked me to clean my room Do you notice how arbitrary God's language to Noah is? Here's how you're going to do it. Now he's telling him this because he's about to save his life, his family. It's the thing that he's purposed him to do, but he's not asking for permission. And see, that's the thing about change that we struggle with so much. As I said, most of the time it's more arbitrary than it is our collaborative great ideas coming into play. 
When it comes to God, he knows, he sees the beginning and the end and everything that you're going through right now. And he knows right when it's time to change. I don't mean any disrespect concerning God here. But it does feel arbitrary to Noah. If I were to befriend myself to Noah, I'd be like, man, what does God think he's doing? I mean, we're just going to like mess everything up just like this. I mean, I've got friends. I mean, they're not exactly Christians or anything, but I don't know that they need to die. Granted, the Bible tells us that Noah was pretty much on board with God when it says that Noah walked with God. He has to understand and see that the world is a mess. The world's a mess. He he probably agreed that mankind was out of control, but that doesn't mean that he wanted to be the one to bring the change about. Maybe you've felt that way in your life. Whoa, I, I agree. This situation's all out of whack, but Now I've got to grow to a point. I've got to be willing to to make the changes. I've heard it said this way regarding change, that the pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist expects it to change. And the realists adjust the sails. I've often thought in my own life that I would like to be the type that would be willing to adjust the sails. Now God talks about the wind as something that it, it goes wherever it wants to. I think in some way he's talking about himself. The reality is this, that change is not only inevitable, it's usually necessary. You see, there's always something that God is calling his people to, his movement to, that change is required in order to see it through. From God's perspective, he had created something that was very good and it was no longer very good it had been corrupted and it was in self-destruct mode he ultimately desired to bring his redemption plan into full effect he was looking to see his creation good once again I'm going to ask a few questions as we move forward. Can you think of some things in your own life that at one time you thought were very good, but maybe now not so much? That's a difficult question. These are difficult questions to ask or to answer. Maybe there's a relationship that's in disrepair. Maybe your outlook has been corrupted. Sometimes things, they creep in. They bring chaos into our life. And the question for us usually, or should be, are we walking with God? Now that doesn't mean because chaos is there that God is not in the midst. But it coaches our response differently. Are you walking with God the way you once did? If a major wind of change came your way today, how would you respond? If God came to you and said, it's time to change a few things, what do you think right now they might be? You see, something I know about that question is most of us already know the answer. As we look at our own life, that's kind of a question we we sort of don't really want God to be asking us. Because we know. We've been called to a life of transformation. That means things don't get to stay the same. We're called to change. To be different. We've been called out. To be set apart. 
That in itself is a major change from every Monday morning that you walk into work. From every scenario as you're moving around town and you're shopping, you're called to a life of change, to see it differently, to be transformed by the renewing, the changing of your mind. It's a process. So I would ask, what is your outlook regarding change? We're going to look at a poll here in just a second. And if we were to look at this poll in light of some changes that you know are coming in your life or are a part of your life right now, what would your response be? Am I in action? Am I sustaining some new actions? I'm thinking about these changes. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm preparing. Some of us have a default state when it comes to change. Some of us take a long time to prepare. But where would you be? Where are you today? Just in case you're thinking that you're too set in your own ways or change is something that you used to do or it used to be something that was a part of your life, I would like to remind us that Noah is 500 years old when God comes to him and actually enacts the biggest change in his entire life. I don't know how many of you are waiting till you're 500 but I can comfort you with this. It's not going to happen. So that means to me that God is going to bring change into our lives much quicker than he did Noah. You could look at it this way. Noah had like 499 years to get ready for this change. I realize I'm putting a lot in there. I'm adding a lot. But as I look at this situation, I'm like, man, God, this is tough. You're going to use one guy to build this big boat. And he doesn't have people coming alongside of him going, man, that's some nice work you're doing, Noah. Nowhere in any of the scripture or the story do we have people coming up to him and encouraging him and saying, bro, that cut you just made for that bow is amazing. None of that happens. Matter of fact, we get the other side of that where people are jeering at him. They're making fun of him. They are giving him all kinds of grief. Some of you right now are in the middle of making changes and you're getting all kinds of grief. Some of you have that one person that's going, hey, that, that, that cut you just made is, it's great. And I think that's the call for most Christians to see those areas that people in our life that God has brought to us to see and encourage and to say, hey man, I know this is not an easy thing to do, but God's purposed you for this and you're doing a great job. Can we lean into that a little bit? Instead of being the ones coming alongside and going, eh, I would have never done it that way. Well, they probably didn't know how they were going to do it either. God just maybe told them to do it that way. How many people you think were running their, you know, I almost said running their mouth, but that's a little crude. So I'll just say that they were talking behind Noah's back. And they're going, what is he even doing? He's never even seen a gopher tree before. Matter of fact, what is a gopher tree? Who even cares about what a gopher? I would have totally used white oak. It's so much prettier. Is this real for anybody? Is it real for, I mean, of course it is. Person to person, talking about change. Change is tough, but it's necessary sometimes. It's needed. And the good news about it is if God is 
pushing you into a change, whether it's something in your health, in your finances, in your family, in your relationships. It's meant for your good. And we know these things, that many things that are meant for our good are not easy things. When God decided to change his whole life around, 500 years old. So if change is inevitable, we need to answer a few important questions. Number one, when it comes to change, what's my position? What's my position? The Bible tells us that Noah walked with God. Essentially, we can assume that that was his position. We see the response of Noah, which we'll talk about in just a second. But his overall perspective was, I'm walking with God. I believe that's the only way that he could have done what he was being called to do. He had to be convinced. We say it this way in our Christian way of talking, but he had it in his knower. He knew it in his knower. He knew, 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 knew. And it didn't matter what anybody else said. We're going to use gopher trees and we're going to use pitch. And it doesn't matter what everybody else says and thinks, but this is how we're going to do it. Why? Because God said it, not because it was my great idea. Matter of fact, rewind, Noah has never built a boat before. The Bible says that Noah walked with God, and that's, like I said, it's a good start. Paul says it this way regarding the way we should live, whether in times of change or otherwise. But in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and two, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing, the changing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul wants to remind us once again that the will of God is what is good and acceptable and perfect. Our issue as human beings is that we like to use our discerner to say what is good and acceptable. And we oftentimes leave the last part out. It's good and acceptable to God. As a Christ follower, you and I ought to be hinged on the fact that it needs to be good and acceptable to God. Because if you remember, it's not my will, but his is the one we are enacting to be done. So what is his will? That's a big question, isn't it? Number two, what's my promise? What's my promise? God's the type. Yes, there's purpose, there's changes, there's th but there's always a promise involved. He knows we need promises. He's okay with when you say, well, okay, God, I'm going to do what you're asking me to do, but what's this about? Sometimes the promise is wrapped up in knowing the purpose. Sometimes it has other benefits. But there's still a promise. What was the promise that God gave Noah? God said that he would establish his covenant with his people, which apparently seemed to be a pretty big deal. And he would make it so that his family was safe. been in this series Jesus is better pastor brought up the idea we've been called into a new covenant we have a promise through Christ to be used for his purpose do you realize that as Christians as Christ followers it's not some low-level menial purpose that he's called every single one of us to it's kingdom purpose it's the highest calling. The role does not determine the purpose.
We have a promise. Isaiah chapter 43. Starting in verse 13. Says that also henceforth I am he. This is God speaking. There is none who can deliver from my hand. That's the bad news. I work and who can turn it back. But remember not the former things nor consider the things of old. In other words it's time to move on. I am doing a new thing. Woo we like new things. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? God's asking. If you're walking with God, you begin to perceive. You discern. You know. This is, this is completely connected when we look at Romans, what we just read. Your discerner. You can see, yeah, it doesn't make it comfortable. Just because it's tough doesn't mean it's not God. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Doesn't matter what change that you're involved in. It doesn't matter what season, what thing that you're going through right now. God is making a way. He's making a way. Will we lean into His way? Will we decide that gopher trees work good? Stick your mop in the pitch and pitch away. I don't really know how to wrap that up. If God is requiring change in your life, he will sustain you in the process and make a way for you to see it happen. Number three, what is my response? You know, we don't hear much from Noah in this whole exchange. He seems to be kind of just, okay, this is weird. I'm not sure how all this is going to work. But I'm going to like do it. How many gopher trees did you say this was going to take? What's his response? This is one of those times, like I said, God's doing all the talking. And maybe you've been there. And we can learn so much from that. I mean, full transparency. It takes me sometimes a little bit of time to warm up to the change. I'm not always like Noah, like, okay, cool. Let's destroy the earth. <laughs> At least I get a boat out of it. No. I love scripture. There's so much that's not in there, but there's so much that is. You know what I'm saying? Like when I look at my own life and I just think about Noah and I'm like, hmm. Genesis chapter 6 verse 22 simply says that Noah did all this. All this. He didn't skip a beat. He did all this. He did all that God commanded him Full stop. I asked this question in first service. I think it, it just works for us today when it comes to this change. But there's, there's steps. And many times there's the steps that we're, we're not comfortable with. But it, it's the one step. That's maybe going to require the most obedience. It's usually the one, for at least me in my own life, the one that I'm going to struggle with because it's pushing up against everything I've been comfortable with beforehand. And many times we want to, we want to stop there and we want to say, okay, yeah, no, that part I'm going to let somebody else do. I'm not, I'm not doing that. That's too far. It's the reason I encourage us in the fact that, like I said, Noah's 500 years old. And so if you think your time for change or your time for the purpose or your time for the plan that God has for your life has expired, that's not true. 
the real good news of the gospel is that God's not done with you. He's not done. He has, he has a plan. He has a purpose. There's, you know, we like to say it this way, that there's nothing that you've ever done that he can't forgive you for. We're not that complex. God's already counted in. He's already factored in every mess up you could ever make. Paul gives it to us this way. When it comes to life in general and difficulty primarily, which change often presents to us, he uses this favorite word that we love. You're going to say it 15 times tomorrow morning when you walk into work. But rejoice in the Lord always. And all your co-workers just went, what happened? Rejoice. I will say again. Let your reasonableness which is difficult for me, I'll be honest, be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses what? All understanding. will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Worship team, if you would, begin to make your way so Paul is bringing up this type of response that when it comes to really anything in our life that our reasonableness is found because of our situation being in Christ that we can rejoice if we're 100% this morning how many of you would say when it comes to change, rejoice is my response. That's one of, you guys did good. That's one of those times where you don't raise your hand. But we get to have that kind of outlook because we're being called to a kingdom purpose. That's what we get to live for. And you're like, yeah, but that's not what it feels like when I'm working and I'm mowing the grass and I'm doing these things. You know what? We, we, we know God is doing things in the midst of stuff we have no idea. And as we walk with God, we begin to see and we begin to discern what is the perfect will of God. So everybody's favorite part's just about to come. Well, what's the thing that God is pushing on you? What's the changes that are needing to take place in our lives? As we stand together this morning, prayer partners, team, come on to the front. You know, for every single one of us, there's changes happening. Go ahead and stand with me if you don't mind. You know, pastor uh, came to me a couple weeks ago about speaking knowing that uh, he may need some coverage Many of you know that his wife had an operation this past uh, weekend. She's in, in recovery, doing fair, as I understand. Doing well, just, you know, it's painful. But you talk about a wind of change, huh? When you have your, your right hand. For those of us that are blessed in ministry and we have a, a partner that God has knitted together with us and we walk together, man, those are, those are tough things. Those are tough times. And I had this message kind of in the back of my mind and I was like, man, I don't really want to be the guy to talk about change. I mean, I'm the new one on campus. And, and you know, my general way is I try to lean into what's already happening 
And I was like, hey, do you just want me to like talk about um, something else in Hebrews? And I was hoping he would say yes, because then I could just kind of hide under the mighty shadow of his wings and all of that. But, but I already kind of knew, <laughs> and I hope you don't mind I'm taking this moment of liberty, but, but can we just be honest as a church? God's doing a lot of changes. And that's a good thing. Because God always brings change into a situation for a purpose. It's not purposeless. That means God's got some great things in store for Painesville Assembly of God. He's not only allowing some things to change, but he's actually doing these changes. And you guys and I and, and pastor and our teams and stuff that we're, we're working with, we get to be a part of this. And so I want to encourage you, if you've thought for a moment, maybe now it's time for me to get off the bus. No, it's not. It's time to find the early bus. And many of you are, you're leaning in and you've been super encouraging. But, but change is something that God uses as part of his purpose to do what he wants to do. And we don't have to be scared about it. He's got it in his hands. Our job is to respond the way that Christ's followers get to respond in full confidence that it's, it's in his hands. He's doing things. He's working, he's moving. And so this morning, before we close out, I want to encourage you into the things that maybe he's speaking into your own personal life. Maybe it's a health change. Maybe it's a relationship change. Maybe it's a financial change. Maybe if it's a commitment change, you know. Allow someone to pray with you this morning. Allow someone to encourage you. That's something that we do have over and above what Noah had. We have each other. And so if that's you this morning, lean into that. Let God do a work in your life. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you're encouraged by this message. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, visit PainesvilleAG.com.